against a couple some ball in towards Shushayeta back off the post for MacArthur a quite remarkable story Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Bull Banter, the only podcast focusing on the MacArthur Bulls, the A-League, and all things football. And I'm joined here by Daniel Sims. Daniel, how have you been? I'm good. Um, yeah, football's back. The ups and downs are back. And uh, let's talk about the MacArthur Bulls. But first, before we get into this one, make sure you like, subscribe, follow us, you know, wherever you're watching this. Um, we got to get those numbers up. Yeah. <laughs> Need to get those numbers up so do it yeah share us to your mates as well even if they're not interested in the bulls they'll be interested after they hear from us um we've got some good news as well we're actually able to to come back home yeah see some football on our home patch imagine i mean i can't wait for it we're up against the jets on the 19th sunday hopefully a sunny sunday at Campbelltown stadium they've fixed the pitch uh, no longer having a trek to the likes of Newcastle and Penrith because, you know, who wants to go there um, to see a game? So it'll be really nice. I hope uh, we'll have a strong crowd, a strong turnout, and uh, hopefully a strong performance from the boys. Yeah, well, you know, 1,900 or so fans trekked to Penrith, I believe. The official the... number was like 3,000, I oh, think. 3,000? Okay. I think they're telling me of porcupines yeah. there. Look, I'll, I'll just say I pretty much had a bay to myself, so... <laughs> Um, plenty of room could spread the legs out could man spread you know um, but yeah good to be back home short turnaround on the uh, on the pitch which is good to see but uh, yeah we were thinking maybe we'd have to spend half a season as nomads so it's nice it's nice to be home yeah should be good uh, you know with La Nina tearing <laughs> about I'm not sure if we'll get a sunny uh, Sunday but fingers crossed because you know nothing beats a nice you know Sunny Arvo at Seatown Stadium. It's just very picturesque. You get the full sky. Yeah, and our play style really suits like the Australian hot summer. Yeah. Uh, you know, just wearing teams down, rolling over them in the in the back half of the game. But uh, might not be that way. Although we do tend to do our best work in the wet. Cash mind back to like the Western United game last year, and uh, you know the iconic first win at home against Adelaide. So could be more scenes. Yeah, we'll see what uh, God has in store for this. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we do have a game to talk about. Two games to cover, actually. We have, first of all, that win against the Central Coast Mariners. Uh, and then we'll talk about that tough watch in the FFA Cup. Yeah, midweek uh, football. I was really up for it, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, CCM game, the Mariners. I mean, decent amount of fans travelled down for that one from the Mariners' point of view. Um, but the whole game, I think, was a bit of an arm wrestle. I think in the first half, we got the better of them. If it was a boxing fight, you would have given it 10-9 that round to us. Um, but yeah, overall, a real arm wrestle. I don't think we played our best football, but we had the better of the chances, especially in the first half. There was some really good work from, especially Daniel De Silva. I think he had a really good game. He was really up for that one, up against his former side. And, um, you know, I think the boos were still ringing in the ears from the Mariners supporters who stuck around uh, when we played against Phoenix at Newcastle. <laughs> So I think he came with a bit of a fire in the belly and uh, yeah, he put on a real performance. He was a highlight down that left side. Yeah, he. I think he's really worked out the spacing and like a midfield as a whole really in that game is very clear. Um, the spacing is really, you know, they've found where they need to be in the right spot because the silver, even against like Newcastle Olympic early season, he was getting caught in too tight of a space. And then you're always like, oh, why is he dribbling and not getting out of there? Hmm. But then now it just looks like whenever he's touched the ball against Mariners, he just had an extra like 1.5 metres. Yeah, because we play that, it's almost a square midfield uh, four of two attacking midfielders, two defensive midfielders. And, um, you know, the coverage can't really work it out. We've got us as a 4-5-1 sometimes. Um, yeah, we've got a back three, 
two wing backs we know for sure that like to get up into the midfield quite a bit and um, that box midfield with the lone striker usually Lockie Rose so um, our attacking midfielders De Villa and De Silva were quite influential in this game um, De Villa just baiting people into fouling him uh, getting a couple of of the Mariners defenders on yellows pretty early on and um, it meant that we were in the ascendancy although you have to say not creating too many clear chances until late on in the first half but definitely controlling the tempo of the matches which is what you want to see yeah it looked like we're on the front foot um, and you know we have those lapses where we sort of let teams back into games but and at times to be fair Mariners did look pretty threatening you know they were able to get in behind our wing backs and put in some crosses but when they have Urania up front and honestly he looked god awful that game mm. um, I don't know what I don't know like. if he was off or if we were on I think our defence this Maybe, season has yeah. actually stood up really strong yeah. and just managed uh, the strikers they've been up against Maresh is a quality player and he looked like he could have caused a few problems for us there's a good few touches that he made but um i think you know the likes of uzcock jovanovic uh, and sujnia did a really good job of just keeping him nice and quiet yeah oh i have to agree with that but even when he had open space he it was just donkey touch left and right mm. um and it was also good we Nisbet wasn't really able to get into the game early either. Not until, you know, the 60th minute mark, he looked very dangerous. But Yeah, he was marshaled he was really quiet, well by Quiet in the first half, so... Yeah. That solid effort there. Um, and yeah, Lockie Rose playing full of confidence again. He was tearing him up all over the pitch, um, chucking McGeady spins and all sorts. Yeah, we love um, to see it. It's, yeah. um, it's something really nice when you can see that a player is willing to try those little things, those... Uh, I wouldn't say low percentage plays, but those audacious dribbles, the things that, um, you know, just show that they're playing with so much confidence. And if he can pull off a few of those, there's no reason why he can't look at anyone who's trying to defend him and going, I'm going around you, right? Which is exactly what you want. He was dangerous, especially early in the first half. Um, he was a handful for defenders. And I think just over the game as it went on, because he was doing so much running, he sort of had run out of legs we know he's energetic but you can't sustain the kind of running he does for 90 minutes and um i think yeah he while he was dangerous we would have liked to have seen him get into a few more dangerous areas um i still think we're coming to terms with how to play in this yeah. new formation there was there's much less crossing than i expected uh you know we were very much a dink it into derbyshire team yeah. last year uh, we know Lockie Rose, you know, he scored headers against Newcastle Olympic, but in an, an A-League setup, um, I don't think he's going to be winning too many against tall and strong defenders. So we have to find those other ways to goal. And it looks like he's the one who get in behind to really high press, initiate that nice high press and, um, you know, drag defenders out of place to bring our midfielders in. And um, it paid off really well in the late first half with a couple of really good chances that fell to De Villa and one of them ended up in a goal. Yeah. Unfortunately, not his first goal for us, technically. Mm. Uh, even though he'd like to claim it, it was going wide. Yeah. And, you know, fortunate bounce off uh, Bazanich, I think it was, mm. and just wrong foot's the keeper. Um, yeah, funny thing about the keeper, the backup keeper goes off injured about 15 minutes into the game. So they bring this young kid on. Caruso. Yeah, is he he must be like a 17 yeah 17 so you just think like after that like oh just shoot from anywhere like and he did look really uh uncertain yeah. didn't he his first few touches were very wayward yeah so we were, we were smelling blood in the water but we couldn't really capitalize on it could we no um there's a few half chances where you know we'd be able to work it out to noon and he'd put a few good crosses in one for moody as well those big switch balls were really paying off yeah he got up front up, up top really well and uh he was unmarked I, I really wish he would have had you know a good shot at goal even the, probably his best chance where it was that big switch from noon to he hit it on the on the volley and then sort of just went over yeah. well there was one like that but there was one where it really nicely sat for him he had time to measure it and i think oh, he yeah. he saw he sort of froze on it i wouldn't say he froze i think he saw Lockie in the middle and just thought if he continues in there and gets a touch it's an easy tap in goal being a bit unselfish i think he was in shooting range there he's on sort of the corner of the six yard box just have a pop son yeah um yeah would have been scenes if that 
cracking volley went in, mm. Tim Cahill esque. <laughs> um, if you cast your mind back to that World Cup goal, I mean, uh, he's certainly capable. It's just man, he just needs a goal. He's he's a good player. Yeah. Um, you know, he's finding his feet in that left wing back position, and we've talked about it the last couple of weeks. I think he's actually um, done way better than many would have thought, considering he was yeah. previously a, a winger. Um, or, or a striker so he's done really well to sort of shut things down there and gotten forward well but yeah he just needs a goal to his name yeah 100% um, he he looks very threatening against Mariners so good progression um, for Moody um, but yeah Philip Curto yet again probably saving about three goals yeah <laughs> he, he's averaging about three goals saved per game so I'd like to see the you know expected save stat whatever the studies for keepers at the end of the season because it's going to be right up there they just gave him Federici's contract and in Federici's contract it's like you must save three 100 goals, goals a season <laughs> for this bonus so he's just getting out there saving everything the boys are doing a solid letting them have some shots I can't believe I, like having this much of a like fiersome start to the season for him yeah. it's like such a commanding keeper the fact you get him for free yeah like that's crazy business well I mean we've talked about it before he's proved his worth in the A-League a lot like he, he had an awesome season with Wellington his first time out he was goalkeeper of the season for them uh, in the, that first showing and then he went to Western United and was quite good um, his second season with them he was you know sort of shunned for um, another keeper but you know it could have just been behind the scenes stuff because you know we can clearly see Western, when he's on yeah. Um, Western United sorry he used to play for them but oh, when he's when he's on the field and given that chance he's just pretty un- unbeatable keeper yeah and you see all the reactionaries on that <laughs> MacArthur supporters group saying he doesn't look good but you know he's kept two clean sheets they don't know what they're right. talking about and like I will admit when you see him flap at him you're like sort of on the edge of your seat like oh shit what's he done <laughs> but he's, he he's, he's keeping him out yeah. Putting the balls just in the right area on the saves. Um yeah, I I think it gives our backline a lot of confidence as well. Absolutely. Which you know, if we had a shit keeper, you'd be we wouldn't be top of the team. We wouldn't be where we are. No. Um you can see it in he gives a lot of confidence too. It's not just the saves he's making, but whenever there's that through ball, because we do like to play that high line and uh you know, we're playing that offside trap quite effectively. But when it does actually go through, he's well positioned, uh, getting off his line and being that sweeper keeper that we need to be as well. Um, bit of an odd one with him opting not to take goal kicks. Um, I think I heard something that Ante said about how he doesn't want his players, uh, you know, exerting them, overexerting themselves or something like that. So maybe he's, he's aware of like an injury. Yeah, uh, it's happened a few times. He'll take like two or three, but and then, then Sujnao will get in there. Yeah, Sujnao will get in there, and then he'll take another couple. Mm. Maybe, it's a weird one. Yeah. Maybe it's just to put the opposition off. Yeah. My, the mind <laughs> games, the Milicic mind they, games. They think Curto's injured, so they start shooting from 30 yards, 40 yards. Yeah, and then, plays right into our hands. Yeah. Um, but yeah, can we talk about the goal? Like the build up to the goal was excellent. Just passing it nicely around the field, keeping possession, staying calm. Worked it around the back, got it out to Najar. Najar puts it down the line after the defense shifts over and De Silva picks it up. He's dragged Tonyuk out and just absolutely bamboozled him. Like, told him to be humble and sit down. He's done him and then gone into the box, ghosted in, outside of the foot, casual as you like, lays it on a platter for De Villa, whose strike was probably errant and going wide, but uh, ends up in the net for us. That was straight after a chance, similar chance as well. De Silva ghosting in again, comes across, Devia hits it. Lockie's in the way, unfortunately. I mean, Devia could have had two in the last five minutes of the first half there. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of combination we want to see. And uh, yeah, I can't, I can't sing his praises enough. Daniel De Silva just had an absolute blinder in the weekend. Yeah, um, I can't believe he did Tony that easily. Yeah, but uh, set him on his ass. He got him hooked like at half time too. I mean, I think Tonyuk fouled Devia earlier and got a yellow, but yeah, he made him look so foolish that. Nick Montgomery was just like, get off. You're too embarrassing, mate. Get out. Yeah. Which is odd because uh, if you cast your mind back to last season, he was one of the main uh, reasons why we weren't so successful over the Mariners. We were swinging balls in and he was dealing with it all day. So I guess we figured out how to beat the Mariners, drag Tongik out of the road and, and bamboozle yeah, him. Yeah, because against um, 
I think it's different when you have Lockie up front and obviously from a defensive point of view I think we've sort of dropped the front line back a bit and just yeah, let more the centre have the ball because last season Tonyuk against us he'd be able to skip past you know Derbyshire or Susieta mm. it's like a quick like fake pass and then skip through two players and then they've just got the numbers advantage yeah so and we didn't see him really do that at all against this just because we were sat so deep yeah I think it speaks to the discipline that we have defensively and we'll talk about that again for the cup game yeah um, where we were excellent defensively for the majority of the match but um, you know carrying that forward can we really just rely on scraping a goal somewhere I mean we've got quality in the side but can we just rely on that getting a goal and sitting back and defending because you know very late on against the Mariners it was very hairy and if not for Philip Curdo's heroics, I don't think we're walking away with three points. No. Um, yeah, there was a stage of about five or ten minutes where Mariners were just pinging balls for fun into the six-yard box along the ground up high. And fortunately, Mariners couldn't really get on the end of any of them. Um, but yeah, uh, it's not sustainable, but you'd hope that over time, we're scoring more than just one per game with the attacking talent we have. I mean, there were chances. Um, Tommy Urich, when he got on, had like a header from three yards oh, yeah. that he's put straight into the chest of the young when, keeper. When the keeper's like five foot five... You've got to do better there. He just didn't get any power behind it. It was too casual. It was almost like he expected the keeper to come for it and fluff it just for him to nod it in. If you put any power on it, it's gone past him. Bit of a P-roller. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Uzcock got on yeah. into a good area as well and... Uh, off a corner, nearly put it through into the into the goal. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, Al Hassan Torre. I was about to talk about him as well. He's yeah. he looks like a game breaker for us. He looks like very solid. Yeah, flashy. Was able to like a lot of the time because we're just keeping possession. It just looks like our players don't have that spring in their step, and you know he just brings that straight away. First touch of the ball, he was able to just to go one on one. And if it wasn't on, just turn it around. It's like Ante just told him, get out there and beat people. Yeah. And that's his job. I mean, he was throwing stepovers in our own box uh, at one point. Um, you love to see it. And, you know, if it comes off, it looks fantastic. I, I worry a little bit that because he is a young player and he's a little bit green, especially new to the setup that we have, if he's going to try something a little bit audacious in the wrong spot, turn it over, and then we're facing well, a counter. Like, a lot, like, realistically, he's only going to be in our box on corners so you'd hope the ball doesn't fall to him and he tries a rainbow flick or something yeah. um, like for the most part he should be in the attacking third and if he loses the ball there it's not it's not a big deal yeah um, but yeah it's just imagine him De Silva and De Villa linking up mm. like that's just you can flare, see it flare for days yeah I think he'll be nursed into the side as well I th- I'd expect him to get minutes against Western Sydney this weekend, um, probably off the bench. But, yeah, he's an exciting player. He's the game-breaker. He's someone who can, uh, when we're struggling, when we're under the cosh like we were against the Mariners, you can chuck him on and, you know, he can take the ball upfield on his own. He can win a foul. He's uh, he's a big lad and he can throw himself about and, and uh, secure the possession for us upfield because there's times I've noticed when we're getting wave after wave of attack, we are very reluctant to push out. Um, and really chance our arm trying to score a goal or even uh, get particularly forward. Yeah. We need to get that forward possession because otherwise it's just absorbing that pressure. And we're quite good at it, but it cannot last forever. And I think that really told on, on Wednesday night. Thanks for listening to Bull Banter. If you're as passionate about the MacArthur Bulls as we are, you won't want to miss any of this season's A-League action. And the quickest, easiest and best way to catch every game from every angle is with the A-League Live app. Search for A-League Live or Sportsmate in the app or Google Play stores today and enjoy the rest of this week's episode. Yeah, you know, a lot of the time on Wednesday, it'd just be get the ball out and then it's 1v5. Yeah. So We should um, probably say, though, against Sydney FC in the FA Cup at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium on Wednesday night, we did have a very changed lineup. It was a youthful side. We saw debuts for Lachlan Sepping, Diego Bonilla, um, Jack McLaughlin. Jack McLaughlin and even laid on Oliver Jones. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I think they did pretty good. Jack, yeah. McLe- Jack McLaughlin looked pretty solid at yeah. like right wing back, I think. Yeah, I was impressed by McLaughlin and um, Bernilla yeah. when he came on he as well. He looked very uh, commanding and some of the crosses he was putting in were, you know, just peach. You know. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that's a credit to Ante Strzovski there at um, Northbridge Bulls working with Ante to bring up the new generation. And, um, you know, I'm sure it's not the last we're going to see of those boys. Yeah, especially when Lachlan Steffing comes on. And if you've <laughs> seen his, uh, you know, last season in NPL, he just was banging him from outside the box for fun. Yeah. So it's just, you think, every time he got the ball, you're like, oh, you just hit it, even though he's getting the ball in like halfway. Yeah, I didn't think he had the best of games. I think he took a little while to adjust to the pace of things. Yeah. But um, you can definitely was, see yeah, extra time, he's got it. He was going good he had that one chance late on i think it was after uh sydney had already scored and um he's putting the ball through for Lockie. yeah he sort of cut two of them i think he went for the shot but it was just sort of (laughs) bit scuffed bit scuffed yeah um but you know first introduction Mm. against a full strength sydney side yeah like they 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 couldn't buy a win up until this point and so they fielded their strongest side basically um, you know, they lost Grant in the midweek to uh, a COVID concern. Um, so Harry, Harry Vandersarg was pretty much the only change for them uh, and Donaghy coming into the side. Um, but yeah, a, a very experienced Sydney lineup. I think the boys did an excellent job. You know, we were starting with Michael Roos. Um, we had Martis and Liam Rose in midfield who I thought were superb. Like they clearly are the future of that midfield. Yeah. If we can keep them. I will say like, well, before we get into that, there was a lot of late lineup changes. Actually, oh, absolutely, because, yeah. Um, the lineup comes out and you think, oh, yeah, you're each getting his first start. And there's a few other ones as well. Like, I think McGing was meant to be right wing back or something. Yeah, um, it's it's Millicich mind games. Well, I think the MacArthur Bulls, <laughs> like the intern doing their team lineups is just getting fed the wrong information. Yeah. Because every lineup has been wrong. <laughs> like, players have been in the wrong position. Long, um, wrong formations yeah, yeah i think urich had to pull out late before yeah and that that's game. a bit of a concern i wonder if it's just if he was in the warm-up maybe he felt a twinge or something but hopefully it's nothing too serious i'd really like him to get significant minutes against western sydney on the weekend because um i think he could do the damage against them yeah fire up against you know one of his former clubs so. yeah um but yeah, considering all the late changes and everything, I mean, Jack McLaughlin was not slated to start. Yeah. Um, and he's come in, slotted in, did, done an excellent job, you know, acquitted himself really well against high-quality A-League opposition. Um, but we have to talk about Martis and Liam Rose in that midfield. They just... was to- Did Tommy Orr start in... Uh... He was like attacking midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bit confusing. They it was. Of, they sort of they do changed. rotate. And then because McLaughlin got a bit higher up the field, I think... Uh, Liam Rose just like slotted in yeah right. but Martis and Liam Rose in sort of mostly defensive midfielders um, just absolutely amazing job of screening the defensive line and you know filling in at right and left wing back when needed when the likes of McLaughlin and uh, even Najar were getting up there one thing I loved as well was Sushnia the uh, underlapping runs oh, yeah. from centre back into the box <laughs> yeah Mate, it, it just bamboozled their defence. I think uh, you, know, you can't do it too often because no. it's such a effort to get down there and back um, and you've got to cover for him in that. But, you know, there was a couple of times there he was looking very dangerous. He was swinging in good crosses, um, getting into good areas. It's just, you know, it's good to see that we're a dynamic side where we can throw sort of anyone in there yeah. and uh, I mean, you know, it makes be you threatening. Question, you know, it makes you question, is Shuzhna... On the cars to start left wing next game. No, he's a centre back. <laughs> Come on, mate. Nah, I'm not. I'm I, not yes ending that. He's beast at centre back. Yeah, he's yeah, he's been terrific so far this season. And I do like when he can progress the ball. Mm. You know, sort of skip past the front line, and then sort of open the game up for us. Yeah, gives the others a bit more space as well. Um, but that was the first half. True. Second the, half was much different story. Second half was um, it was a very tough watch. Yeah, for the um, second half, my notes are just it just says dire. Yeah. Um, tough to watch. We didn't get anything going forward uh, at all. Sydney just squeezing us. I think 
the experience of them sort of told out in the end. Despite our very resolute defence, I have to give credit to James Meredith, Sushniar and Jake McGing, who slotted in nicely at right centre back there. We caught him offside like nine times. Yeah, Meredith um, was... Um, commanding. Yeah, he was solid get, getting in the right areas to, you know, just get somebody on the ball. Fuck it off. Yeah. Um, Reset, do it again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the back line was doing terrific. But after the first half, the midfield just sort of disappeared. We were always either too high or too low, and Sydney just sort of ran the game. Mm. Um, although I'd like to touch on right before half time, we had we looked like prime Barca. We just <laughs> I'm not kidding. We had the ball on, big the, on their 18 yard box, and we were just moving it side to side, and we had about four or five shots like in quick succession, and you think maybe one of those is able to go in but that like you know it was only like two or three minutes in the game right before half time and we're looking solid but then half time you know some changes are made Devia or not Devia Devia's injured unfortunately oh yeah we have to talk about that crunching tackle by Farrell in the Central Coast Mariners game I think that deserved a red just quietly yeah did he even get a yellow for it he got a yellow yeah Um, but man I've seen those given like We'll show you the footage. Yeah. He, uh, he's late, studs showing, directly into the ankle, from the side, completely obliterates Devia. And, uh, you know, what can you say? He's injured now. Looks like his knee um, was sort of jolted out of place by the force of the challenge. Um, those, those hurt. And, you know, you'd, you'd want to see a bit of uh, fairness there with yeah. such a terrible challenge going in. That the guy sent off. I mean, yeah. if our player had done that to another player, I would be like, fair enough, that's a red. We, we want some, is the right word, retroactive action. Just give him a red card now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Fatlow, good it does us. I mean, we, we've got the three points anyway, but yeah. what it actually means for us is Devere's probably gone for about four weeks. Yeah. So. Which is terrible. He's the main man who we're getting the ball to him in field to progress it from defense to attack. It's pretty, it's like that one guy. In you know Sunday League or whatever level you play at, you just know, takes like, a bit too serious. Nah, I'm talking about all right. Yeah, for Farrell, yeah, yeah. just like gets pissed the night before and then just. just like, <laughs> he does look he, like he was he still loved, a bit pissed, wasn't he? He? Lo- he loves fouling people on a Sunday. Nothing mm. better. But Devia, like the one guy in your team where if you're in trouble, you just ping the ball at him and you and know, his touch is yeah, perfect enough. Touch to is take perfect, it. and you'll do something with it, and then win a foul. Yeah, put a strong goal. Um, so yeah, big loss, and it sort of showed against Sydney FC just because that final third just didn't have that creative spark in it. Um, yeah, for I'd say the whole game. Um, but the Silver comes off at half time uh, in the Sydney match, and after that, it just sort of we had no midfield. The whole second half, we couldn't string more than three or four passes together. And then Sydney just were able to win the ball back. Yeah, it was disjointed. I think that's probably a symptom of quite a few of the young boys being there and just not, you know, maybe adjusting to the tempo of playing against an A-League side. Um, You know, they come up from MPL, not laying it all on them. Like there was, I I don't think Charles had his best game when he came on. And also we have to talk about he's probably injured now. Yeah falling over on the greasy surface and Bit probably a, doing his groin or his knee. Yeah, or a, like the adductor. So, yeah. You know, they can be... that injury, injuries. That, yeah, that injury could hang around all season where he's not playing fully match fit. Yeah. Um, which hopefully not. Um, but, you know, a wet pitch, he gets ankle broken by the defender with a quick fake shot or something. He was just trying to press too hard. Fake clearance. Yeah. Yeah. He was... You know, running his guts out, trying to get something going for us. And then, you know, just a bit unfortunate, slips over mm. and does the splits just about. So. Yeah. I think um, overall, though, like, we, we obviously hope Charles is going to be all right. It, uh, it's a bit of a strange one. You don't know how long he could be out for. But um, overall, for the Sydney match, part of the reason why we were struggling second half is because we couldn't get much going forward. Um, there was no outlet. I know Michael Roos slotted into striker. Um and while he can play there, he hasn't had a lot of experience up top on his own. No. Um, and he's usually come on late in games when defences are a little bit tired. He's got a bit more time, space on the ball. 
Um, he was really quite shut down by James Donachie and Alex Wilkinson, two very experienced A-League defenders. Um, I don't think he had his best game, personally. Yeah. Um, plus, it's his first minutes he's get, gotten all season. And what, he played 120 minutes? Yeah, he was gutted by the end too. You could see like he'd been running all day. He got cramp at one point. He kept playing like, uh, yeah, I think it just wasn't his night. But, you know, you, you can't fault the effort and he'll come back stronger from that from that uh, you know experience. He, he had a few, like, half chances. Um, you know, one, I think he could have played someone through but then took the shot and then... Yeah, I think it was Lockie late on. And then another one, um, I forget who it was on the, on the wing, but it was sort of t- attacking their right side and... Bruce was sort of wide open on the edge of the 18, mm. but then the ball just never got to him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, unfortunate and, you know, a tough game for a lot of the boys. There were, as soon as extra time kicks in, you could just see we were a step off the pace because, like, I wrote down here, look up second half possession stats. That stat does not exist because it's the FFA Cup <laughs> and there's no stats about it. But, you would think that second half, it just felt like Sydney had 80% possession. Yeah, it was somewhere in the and range of 70. If we're running around for a whole 45 minutes and then we've got to go to extra time, it just... Yeah, it was very clear the boys ran out of legs, yeah. um, even with the changes and you know the youthful exuberance that we had. like It just wasn't enough to carry us through. Um, yeah, Sydney just out-possessed us and that tells over the course of two hours. Um, and it came with you know the late goals. Um, I think it was the 111th minute Donicky yeah. got a header off a corner or just off of like the short corner. Um, and then very, very late on, I think we had nine men because Martis had been red carded and yeah. there was an injury. I think Tom Yor went off on the sideline or something. Mm-hmm. Um, we had nine men. Van der Sarg just got forward, carried it through and dinked Kurto. Yeah. But, you know, overall, pretty good performance considering the personnel we had there, the late changes the vitriol that was all uh, coming up before the game um you know i'll i'll take that yeah pushing a full full strength to extra time full sydney fc yeah. side to extra time with the guys we had there it's good minutes for them yeah unfortunate about um the injury to charles hopefully he's all right but um you know overall 2-0 extra time it's not a bad not the worst thing in the world it's not like copping 3-0 in regular time or anything like that no it was a solid effort and obviously once extra time starts and we're you know playing on one leg most of the boys mm. um, it's clear we're just trying to play for pens um, yeah we lined up like an Italian side yeah Mourinho <laughs> just parking the bus um, but yeah, not much else to say really not really I'd like to highlight the amount of bullshit Ninkovic gets away with yeah <laughs> uh, it's a bit silly now protected species yeah like is he in danger or some shit like, yeah what's going on like Roos oh it was Liam Rose I think it was Roos he uh on the edge of the box um on the edge of our box Roos yeah. like goes I got a different to, one but yeah sprint away with it and then Ninkovic catches him and then does this one <laughs> he always does after he fails someone I didn't then, do anything and then the ref blows the whistle and even the commentators are like oh yeah that'll be a MacArthur free kick yeah but then no it's a yellow card for Roos he's just like gobsmacked like shocked and so am I yeah and they get a free kick and I think they scored from it yeah that's right because it worked out to the side they uh got a corner off that they played the corner short and Donaghy headed it in yeah um also Liam Rose breaking up the Sydney attack as Ninkovic was carrying it forward just on halfway um Ninkovic has gone to take it around him on on Rose's right-hand side and he's chucked his right foot out the outside of his foot and his heels caught the ball and knocked it away. Ninkovic has just fallen over, not even touched him, by the way, but he knows he's lost it and he knows he can probably buy a free kick there because he's protected species. Is it in his contract, like with the A-League or something, where, you know, he gets like X amount of calls going his way each season? Or Yeah, I don't know, maybe... uh maybe just to fend off some of the interest from overseas because you could easily see him fitting into like a, you know, a lower Bundesliga team or something like that. Like, yeah, I know he's a bit old, but like he's got the quality. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to maybe have a look at that. But Liam Rose gets a yellow for not even touching Ninkovic. 
Obviously, there's no VAR shit call. in the in the cup yeah. either. Um, Overall, I thought Ems had a good game, but anytime it comes to Ninkovic, it's just like, oh, you can't go near him. Yeah, and I think it's a bit of like if the ref brings out the cards earlier in the game. The first card came out in the 88th minute, mm. and then we get like five more in extra time in the red as well. Yeah, the Martis one, I think it's 50-50. I We've don't seen think him given. you give a red when it's the 150,000th minute of extra time and you're on halfway. Like, Lafondra still If has it was nil-nil, I'd be like, yeah, if fair. If it was nil-nil, it's like, yeah, fair. But, like, they're already up 1-0. The bloke's on halfway. We've got nine... Oh, sorry. We've got 10 players on the pitch at the time. Yeah. There's, a, like... I think it was Shuzhna, which... He's know, quicker than Lafondra. But whether or not he catches him, it's not like Lafondra is... 10 or 15 metres in front of like the yeah. last defender. There's another defender right there. He's got to go be. from halfway. He's got to beat Kurto, which is no easy task. Yeah. And he's got to dribble it the whole time with two players chasing him down. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's a red card. I think that's a yellow and a, and a talking to for Martis. Yeah. Um, but unfortunate for him, he'll probably, I think, you know, given the FFA Cup rules now that we've seen with uh, Bureau Giddy getting the red, Mardis won't be available against Western Sydney, which brings us in to talking about that game because... No Charles. No Charles. Jordan Much looks like he's probably not going to be back for that, yeah. given his injury issues. We didn't see Jake Holman against Sydney, which, you know, surely that, that's, a, that's a fixture you'd want him getting minutes in. So maybe there's something going on with him injury-wise. Um, who else are we missing? Benoit de Villa. Right, so we're, we've got four of our probably best midfielders who are unavailable. So maybe we're looking at a Tommy Orr and Liam Rose uh, centre mid pairing at the weekend. Yeah, I think that's the only two options we have. Right? Yeah, and look, Liam Rose played 120 minutes. Like, is he going to be? Oh yeah, true. On fire, like he might be up for it mentally, but physically, that that takes a toll on you. Midweek fixture, 120 minutes, and and losing in those circumstances, heavy pitch. All that. Um, he'll have to do a hell of a recovery yeah. to have a, a really strong showing. I don't think he's going to get 90 minutes on the weekend. Nah. We did see last season for about 10 or 15 minutes in game, um, McGing played centre mid, I believe. So yeah. maybe if, you know, Rose is on his last legs come from the like 60 or 70th minute, maybe McGing. Jake McGing gets in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no other options, I don't think, that are really yeah. there. Which is shocking. Um well, not shocking. It's just unfortunate for us. Like, yeah. you know, we had going into the season, we were looking at our lineup. We've got so much depth in the midfield, yeah. and now there's no, there's like you know four injuries or something, and it's like oh, slim pickings. Um, but for the derby against Western Sydney, I think that we're actually a good chance, despite everything that's been happening. Um, I think where if you look at Western Sydney. They look very beatable every single time they play. Carl Robinson, I don't know what he's doing with them, but they've got the personnel to be playing much better football than they do. Um, I think they're relying on very much like one-out stuff from individuals, which has been the way it's gone the last few years for them. I think they're uh, vulnerable, and they show that vulnerability against Arpia Leichhardt on Tuesday night. Yeah, uh, even the first... Everyone saw the second goal they scored, of course. Yeah, um, Arpia. Cl- classy goal. Just like... Yeah, Margush in no man's land. Yeah. Um, well, typical Margush. He's always... <laughs> doesn't he always have a bit of a, you know, blonde moment where he just goes missing? But I don't watch him enough to know. Well, neither do I. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> um, but yeah, first goal as well is very well worked from RPR. You know, they quick one, two. The striker gets in and, you know, good finish across the goal. Wrong foot's Margush. Um, yeah, they picked it up off of uh, Ziggy Gordon, who's looked very ordinary this season. So yeah. if you know, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be out of order for someone like a Lockie Rose to close him down, take the ball, take it forward, and slot it away. I can see that definitely happening. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But Wanderers still do have you know threatening players. Um, Tom Ahmed, I think is. Scored twice in the league, I think. Yeah, he's a dangerous player. He scored against us last season for Wellington. So we'll have to watch out for him. Um, and then if a beanie wants to play, he can... He can turn up. He can turn up. Um, 
He's so, very inconsistent, yeah. but yeah, on his day, if he catches it right, he's he's a cl- classy player. But Adama Traore as well can walk yeah. down that wing. So yeah, and I think they'll they'll probably start Tate Russell, and I worry because of our formation and um, with the likes of like you'd expect Moody to probably play left back again, and Noon. Um, I can see if we're overextended at one point, they'll have a good chance to do some counter attacking against us, and um, I can see the likes of Tate Russell having a good time to get down the wing and swing in a good cross, and you know. Our defense has been really solid, but um, that's the threat, you know, into Tomahemed and Abini, who are very tall boys. Yeah. Um, having said that, they look very beatable. I think our midfield, if we can get some things together, will be stronger than theirs, even with Rodwell in it, right? Bro, he hasn't. He's shot in game week one. He's Come shot, on. though. I know. Um, but no, he hasn't really lit the world on fire. He hasn't got many minutes yet. I think he's still fighting for fitness as well. Um, so I, I really think if we're up for this, which we should be, it's a derby, um, there's no reason why we can't come out with a nice 1-0 victory. Another 1-0. Yeah, 1-0 one, one to the MacArthur. Yeah, I'll take it. Our goal difference is going to be negative and we're going to finish top of the league. Yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I could see it happening. Um, watching a few of the highlights that Wellington had against Wanderers, I think... The Knicks are hard done by by that two nil scoreline. Yeah, I was going to say as well. Like it flatters Western Sydney that two nil scoreline because yeah, they scored the second one in what like the ninety third minute. Or yeah, something. the very last kick of the game, basically. Yeah, with with their keeper up, the the Knicks keeper up and out of and the way. Wasn't there something um, the like refs had to apologize? Had to apologize. Was it from that game or a different? Game? Yeah, so there was a couple incidents actually. Wellington looked to have gone up from um, a corner yeah. and that was ruled offside when it wasn't, right? Ben Wayne should have had a goal to his name. That was that would have been 1-0 to the Knicks. Um, and then later on, Hemed like, basically pushed a guy, the defender, over and then headed it in or knocked it in with his... I, I can't remember if it was side-footed finish. Yeah, but yeah. like a cross comes in, shove, yeah. and then, you know, yeah. like... Bit of a dodgy one. I think uh, Western Sydney can thank the referee for that win. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because they didn't put together the better chances either. Like Wellington um, had like the, the better of the game. Yeah, they were forcing Wanderers into these like goal line scraps where they're only just getting it out of the box. Um, forcing them into saves, like shots just going past the post. And, you know, I, I could see it happening for us, you know. De Silva... Yeah, De Silva, hopefully he's got, you know, the same magic he had on the weekend and can mm. carry it into that game. But my spicy take is we're going to defend really well. It's going to be a back-and-forth match, a bit of an arm wrestle. Um, we'll have better moments. They'll have some good moments. But I think it's going to come down to the second half. Al-Hassan Torre is going to be subbed on in, you know, the 70th minute, maybe late 60s. He'll come on and dazzle. He'll surprise them. Um, he'll tear him apart. He'll whip in a nice cross or a cut back. And I think Tommy Urich is going to get a goal against Western Sydney. And he'll ce- celebrate in front of the RBB. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like it. I'd like to see him do a Karim bullet and jump the, yeah. <laughs> jump the thing. Obviously not offside. But... Yeah, running to the wrong fans. <laughs> yeah. Um... But no. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my take. Alessandro Torre is going to break the game for us. He'll open it up and uh, Urich will be the finisher. Yeah, I think we can get three points, um, but wouldn't be surprised if it's a one-one or a nil-all, either. You know, just both sides sort of keeping each other out of the game. Um, yeah, I I just want to see us continue this solidity because um, you know we're top of the table for a good reason. We've been building off of our excellent defence. I think we've ridden our luck a little bit in some games. I think uh, Wellington could have had an easy easily had another goal against us in round one and. The Mariners obviously probably deserved a bit more than no goals against yeah. us, if we're being honest with ourselves. But having said that, right, we are good quality defensively for the majority of the time. What we need to do is put together some more attacking phases of play and some more goals. We're going to really desperately miss Devia, yeah. but I think we can pinch one and we can hold him out. Because yeah. when we have Devia into Silva... They just sort of 
attract that extra player from the other one so if one's you know tearing it up like the silver then the v is going to have one less man on him mm. and then obviously he's always going to have two or three on him so yeah hopefully you know we can get some crosses in that uh find our head <laughs> um you'd imagine the Lockie, big get in the start yeah the big decision is do you start Lockie and bring tommy on late or do you start tommy and bring Lockie on late i mean if i think if urich is match fit and ready to go i reckon we start him because Lockie in the form he's in against tied legs like i think he'll tear a, him up that's to a, pieces that's a goal guaranteed i reckon yeah whether he's setting it up or you know getting the hockey assist or scoring it himself mm. i think him against tired legs especially against you know ziggy gordon yeah it's just nightmare fuel for <laughs> he'll do him a merry dance lucky raises scored and it's nightmare fuel for margush <laughs> well okay so they've got a good good keeper um who's not margush his name is thomas mahias i've oh, never heard of him mate yeah who are you um hopefully we don't find out on the weekend hopefully he has a quiet one but um, he's is been he, he's he been actually started? quite good for them. Yeah, oh. it's just because it was a cup match they put oh, Margush on, and uh, he showed exactly why he only starts cup games. Oh. But you know, I think we've still got the stronger of the two keepers, and to be honest, the stronger of the two sides. Yeah. There's a lot of personalities in Western Sydney. They ha- haven't really, to me, put together a good team performance yet. Um, you know, solid individuals, but do they have the heart? Do they have the ticker like like we do? Yeah, I think. Like we've managed to put in like some solid team performances so far this season. Like we saw it against Sydney, and then I think against Mariners as well. You have to say, like, other than a few shaky moments, which are always going to happen with us. Yeah. And they get bailed out by Kurto. We've stuck to the game plan well, and I think it just shows the the level that Ante is at and our team are at. Cause yeah. Like, come on, Corica and Carl Robinson, like they they got nothing on Milicic, bro. That's right. It's it's Milicic mind games, and uh, he'll keep playing them. He'll keep getting us to outperform what it looks like the individuals can put in. Yeah. Um. You know, you can just see what he's done to the performances of Lockie Rose. You can tell he's he's mentored him to that point. Yeah. Uh, and now he's playing with that great confidence. And you, you saw if you saw him uh, at full time. During the FFA Cup game against Sydney, like he was the only one sort of with a bit of fight out there, you know. The the microphones are just out there on the pitch, and you just hear him going off it. Yeah, in extra time at like Retro and Corica, just like yeah, he won't back down. He'll go to, he'll go to war for those players. Yeah, and you love to see it. Um, you know, he's quite a reserved man, but when you see when he gets a bit hot under the collar, he's there's a lot of fire there from Ante. Uh, and we love to see it. So, yeah, hopefully you can get the boys fired up because I think this weekend's match, it'll be so much more about the mental side of the game. Can we bring that, uh, you know, can we can we wait out the, the tough moments and can we have that bit of fire, passion, cheek, ambition and quality to, to win? Yeah. I think it, it'll be a mental battle for sure. It, our games always tend to start like that, like, we just make sure we hold the other team out for the first 10 or 15 and then you know they take a step back and then we're able to get in yeah it's like uh it's like ante treats every game like a cup game or like a final yeah. just don't concede in the first half lads yeah that's it i mean you don't want to concede in the first 10 or 15 no of course not you don't have a plan for that but um you know in different circumstances if we had our full complement of players, if we didn't have heaps of injuries, I'd be like, yep, let them rip, get them up there, um, you know, let them do their thing. But we have to play this conservative style just given the circumstances. Yeah. Uh, especially with the boys coming off 120 minutes midweek. You you can't be all guns blazing straight from the start and expect to come away with a win. You've got to be able to play the moments. And uh, I think we managed the game really well under Milicic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. This well, when this comes out, it'll be today or tonight. Uh, what is it? Seven o'clock, seven something, seven thirty, seven forty-five, five, six or seven. Just rock up at seven. Um, be there because it'll be a massive match, and I think yeah. uh, the bullpen have got something special planned. They're bringing numbers. Oh, yeah. 
love to see it. Yeah. Um, Going to need him against the RVB. Yeah. It'll be scenes, though. And particularly when Tommy nicks the winner against his, well, not his most recent former club, but probably his most famous former club. Yeah. You know? Um, and we'll just have to remind all the Western Sydney Wanderers fans midweek after we beat them that their life peaked in 2014. And that we're top of the table. Yes. So, yeah. Book it. Chuck a cheeky bet on it. <laughs> uh, we bet responsibly. We're not sponsored by any betting site, but uh, we, we will sell out. <laughs> no. <laughs> Unibet. Yeah, Unibet. He's got it right there. Um, but yeah three points or one point keep that undefeated record going yeah I'm just looking forward to going to a game that's uh, you know within range Parramatta it's a bit closer than a little bit closer a little bit closer than it's a nicer stadium yeah easy to get to on the train too yeah Um, so yeah get to that one tonight Uh, if you're listening to this bright and early on your Saturday morning and next Sunday the 19th of December, first home game back in Seatown Stadium against the Jets. Yeah, 4 p.m., sunny Sunday afternoon, I'm calling it. I'm doing a weather prediction. And uh, it'll be beautiful. And see if we can predict the scoreline better or the weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might have more chance with the weather. If we can shut down Valentino, you I think we're good. Ah, that's tough. But, you know. He's on fire. He's on fire. But hopefully he doesn't have to, you know, go down in a heap and, and buy a pen like he did last time against us. Yeah. I think he's twice the player he was then. True, but so. but so is Lucky Rose. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, by then we could have some players back too. We don't know how badly Mamba was injured. Much should be back by then. We'd want to see Holman back on the team sheet. Um, it could be completely different. So, you know, by then, top of the table, hopefully home crowd behind the Bulls and uh, it should be heaps of people getting out there because I'm sure... Everyone around Campbelltown has been starved of a bit of football lately, so yeah. I think it'd be nice. Well, across Australia, everyone's sort of forgot about that the Air League exists. <laughs> so hopefully Campbelltown hasn't forgot and we get some good numbers out um, at home. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much for listening to Bull Banter. We're going to remind you to subscribe on YouTube, share it to your mates, uh, like and follow us and favourite us on Instagram, Facebook, and uh wherever good podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. See you next time.